Welcome to the Co-Founders Show. I'm Delphine, your host and the Co-Founders Coach. In this first series, I'm interviewing well-established business partners who are sharing their journey, insights, challenges, and learnings of growing a business together. Allez, on y va! Let's dig into our next episode. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Co-Founders Show. So today is a very special episode for me because it's the very first episode I'm recording for this podcast. And I am really happy to actually have two familiar faces with me today. I'm going to have a lot of new people to meet through this podcast. But for the first one, it's quite reassuring to be with, <laughs> to be with people I know. And I'm super happy to welcome today Pete and Jono, who work for The Clearing. So The Clearing is a independent brand consultancy. And the reason why we know each other is because we used to work together. I worked for Eurostar for many, many years. And the clearing did a lot of work with us. And I worked quite closely with Pete and Jono on a lot of brand projects at Eurostar. That was quite a few years ago. And since I've been independent, they've been mentoring me, supporting me. We stayed in touch. And I'm really happy to have you both today on the show. You are two co-founders attending today, but in reality, it's four of you. But you're going to tell us a bit more about that. So... Over to you. Would you introduce yourself and maybe explain a little bit how it all started? Great. Thanks, Delphine. Well, look, great to be here and, and good to be chatting about, about this. <laughs> and uh, thank you for the introduction. I'm Pete Stewart, one of the, one of the co-founders and creative directors at The Clearing. Uh, we've got different types of creative directors here, but I'm one who looks after language and tone yeah. of voice and messaging and uh, sort of the written word as much as anything. Hi, I'm Jono, Jono Hubbard, and I am creative director on the design side. So I look after effectively how you bring the brand to life through sort of the creative articulation of it using type, using color, using pictures, how we bring it to life for, for customers and make it exciting. So, yeah, so that's us. And uh, yeah, as you said, you, how do we get together? How do we start the business? Well, it's a few years back now, but, but we all got to know each other originally from our work in a big agency. So we worked for many years in one of the leading big agencies in London. And had a fantastic time, learned huge amounts about how you do this. Exposure to clients at a really high level, large responsibilities for, for rolling out and working through some, some fairly major branding projects. But I suppose as time went on, we got older, we got wiser. It became that sort of question, of what's next? And actually, are we getting the fulfillment we want out of working for a big agency? We were in senior positions. There wasn't really much scope to go much higher. So I think you start to question what the next stage is. And for us, I think we knew working together that we cracked stuff. We got to interesting solutions. We got to good solutions when we worked together. And that was when we put the disciplines of brand together. So writing, strategy, design. When we all work together in a really collegiate way, very conversationally, very sort of in a way that sort of tested each of those disciplines as we developed the brand, we got to great solutions and we got to them really quickly. And interestingly, I think the process of the large agencies was becoming increasingly formulaic for us in terms of a very linear process that a piece of work would come in at one level, strategy, strategy would work on it. Then it would get handed over to design writing to bring it to life. 
And we knew we weren't getting the best articulation of brand out of that process. So we just realized that if we're going to change it, we have to do something about it. We can't change it within the agency. We have to go off and do it for ourselves. So so that was the genesis of it. We just knew we worked well with each other. We knew each other inside out. We'd always just really enjoyed working through the process of creating brands, working on the strategic and creative angles of brands when we worked together. Mm. That was it. Simple as that. It's, I mean, it's a really brave move because, as you said, you were working for a big agency, working with big clients. And you were saying, so Pete, you're more on words like copywriter and John, you're more like on the design. What are the other two co-founders? Like what other skills and competencies do they bring? So we've got two other co-founders who say we've got another creative director on the design side who's very much sort of the same as me. And that works really well, actually, because, you know, there's probably a, a greater degree of the long tail of a project is through the design articulation of it. So having a little bit more depth and, and breadth within the sort of design part actually works really well from a business point of view. And the other co-founder is strategy, head of strategy. Mm. So it gives us the three core disciplines for any brand project at a senior level. And that's worked really well. And as I say, we all knew each other really well from our work together at the agency. So it was a natural step for us to step together. And I think actually, I mean, in, the, in having four partners some perhaps look at that as quite a large number of partners, but yeah. it's worked really well for us. Yeah, it's interesting that you say it was a brave decision. I think for <laughs> us, it didn't really feel like it was a brave step. It felt like it was a really natural step. As Jono said, we got to that point in our careers where we knew what we were doing and actually we knew how to do it really well. And the agency, the big agency structure wasn't working for us and it was stopping us work at our best. And so it... Yeah, I don't think any of us really felt like no. it was a, a leap of faith. We sort of, we really trusted each other and yeah. felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess you knew the work that you were doing and how to create really strong creative campaigns and strong brands. But then on the aspect of building the business, because I guess the big difference when you work for a big company, you're on a ship and whatever you do at the end of the day, you still get paid. Of course, you have to perform, but you still get paid yeah. when you start your own show, whether it's one, two or four, you still need to build a business. So how did you do that, the four of you? What was the key, you know, the key stages and how did you deal with the unknown somehow? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it for quite a long time before we okay. actually started the business. And yeah, we wrote a business plan and took a lot of advice from different people. We knew a lot okay. of other people kind of who started businesses, both agency style businesses like, like ours, not all in branding, but in sort of adjacent kind of areas like advertising and, uh, and other sort of forms of marketing and other sort of startups as well. And really canvassed opinion, got advice you know, asked for favors, those sorts of things that you sort of have to do when you're starting a business. And we had to learn pretty fast. But I think that was part of the pleasure of it in the early days as well, that it was about the work and it was about building up a portfolio of clients and a body of work. But at the same time, it, it was also really exciting to actually go, well, we can do anything we want fundamentally. It's not a fundamentally complex business to run. You have people really and that's the biggest cost and so as long as you're making sure that you're selling enough work and generating enough work to be able to pay for those costs then you know essentially it's quite simple we don't have a long supply chain and things like that that's very difficult to manage for instance so on the base of it it was relatively simple we had some external support on certain things like finance and it 
There are a lot of other small consultancies who offer those sorts of services. So it felt like it was quite natural for us to work with people like that. And I think one of the things actually in the really early days when we first started thinking about it, I remember having a conversation with somebody and they said, never underestimate the kindness of entrepreneurs around time and giving their time. And it was incredible the amount of people who would make time for a coffee or go for lunch or drink or whatever to, to share their advice and perspective. And I think that's really stuck with us. And we've tried to do the same as we've gone on, whether our advice is useful or not, other people can judge. But <laughs> I think the offer of time to be able to help others it was really valuable for us. Yeah, Even down to the fact that two of our ex-CEOs were actually really major sounding boards for us in our startup which was you know gives you a lot of confidence and real sort of sense that there is a community out there that it wants to see people succeed which is really powerful yeah i can relate to that because i've been now independent for three years and i found the support from entrepreneur to entrepreneur amazing and it's true that time can be a struggle sometimes but everybody is keen to help others succeed so it's an amazing community. So when you leave, like I, I was in employment, I had my team and I had always really good team. But that was quite a revelation for me when I left and I realized, you know, it can be lonely, but I actually never felt lonely because there's a lot of ways to get supported. So Absolutely, yeah. From your perspective, so obviously you left a structure which had a lot of processes. So how did you set up ways of working between you then and I know that you grew a team now you are 25 I believe so you have quite a big yeah. team of creative and strategists but how do you collaborate together well I think that ethos that sort of started the business for us about working collectively working on projects collectively is still very much at the heart of the business it still absolutely drives the way we think about the business we have always sat together in the business we don't hive ourselves off in a corner we actually sit in the middle of the office and we sit together and mm. so you know our style is pretty freeform to an extent because it's actually based on just the day-to-day -day conversations and being there and sharing stuff as it happens and being really open accessible to everyone else in the business as well so yeah I mean we always felt that was the right way we never wanted to have a business that was strongly hierarchical or anything else like that I think we've always resisted that sort of sense of trying to create barriers and hierarchies within the organization within the business but it's based on that work together you know solve problems together talk about it have conversations you know keep talking about the challenges and the opportunities the way that we have built the business really is around those three core disciplines plus adding in client services now and yeah. as, as we got quite soon as we started to grow we added a, a client services function we knew that, that was a really important dimension it was just one that the four of us mm. hadn't directly got but i think when you have those four disciplines together at a senior level, what we've tried to do is grow them from a junior level all the way through to a senior level. So those four disciplines of strategy, writing, design, and client service are there from a junior level, a middleweight level, a senior level, and then I, I guess kind of an exec level, if you like. And we encourage those sort of networks across, well, within those levels, but also across those levels within the business to make sure that it's not just a bunch of strategists who go off and try and crack a problem. It's strategists working with designers or writers who can bring a different viewpoint, you know, and client services people as well, whose ideas are just as valid. And it's really trying to encourage that culturally. Mm. That's, as Jono said, why we really, you know, think it's important for the four of us to sit together right at the heart of the studio to try and sort of emphasize that cultural dimension of mm. 
you've just got to be with different disciplines. You've got to talk these problems yeah. through. Yes, we all have our specialisms and we'll go away and kind of focus on those things. But ultimately, it's the conversation and the different perspectives which helps you find ways to solve problems. And fundamentally, that's what we do as a brand consultancy. We solve business problems creatively. We help our clients take creative leaps that they maybe find difficult to take themselves. And the way that you do that is by sharing ideas, by talking about things. Yeah. How about, what if, you know, th- yeah. those kind of questions. And you gradually sort of, well, sometimes quite quickly, sometimes yeah. gradually yeah, yeah. Get, to, get to an interesting place. Mm. I think that process works. It's built on levels of trust that we have between ourselves. We know what each of us brings to the table. We don't judge each other into, oh, that's not a great idea. That's a great idea. We know that every idea is a valid idea and we just try and build on it. And, you know, we don't sit there trying to outperform or trying to own a conversation where we absolutely make sure that it's about co-collaboration. It's about sharing. It's about conversation, building on ideas. And if I may say, I think it's a big strength of yours. And I remember as a client, it was a big thing that you were very open to conversation, really non-judgmental. And I would almost say like the ego compared to some big advertising agency we used to work with (laughs) was very different. And it just felt very genuine, very approachable. So I can imagine that also work in the way you work together. And in the research I've done with co-founders, I think back to the ego, whatever definition we give to that word but often it's what gets on the way of getting on or agreeing on a strategy or on an idea because often people want to to be right and it's a real quality that you have all of you this ability to being able to listen to each other and to hear what the other says and leave the judgment at the door but still I would ask because it's four of you (laughs) and 20 more How do you deal with disagreement? We try and talk about it, I think. Try and understand the perspectives and the pros and cons of any idea or the different alternatives on the table. And ultimately, somebody does have to make a decision. But we're the four of us Mm. who set the business up, I mean, we're all fairly down-to-earth people. None of us is hugely confrontational either, I think. And we're. I'd hope that we're generally quite reasonable about things <laughs> and sometimes it might be okay well this time let's try it let's try it that way if you really believe strongly even if not all of us buy into that let's give it a go and see and then we can judge the success of it or or not afterwards it might be sometimes that actually we go okay well there are two different ways of, of solving this problem there's not just one way so mm. let's look at yeah. let's look at both of them and explore them so i think it's trying to be as open-minded as possible it's the nature of the sort of the creative process i think and and actually if somebody feels really passionately about their idea even if you don't necessarily buy into or agree with it sometimes it's worth giving it a go because you go well if if they believe so strongly let them let them run with it and let's see you know where we can take it and and actually maybe we'll get somewhere interesting that we hadn't expected I mean, John had touched on it earlier around the, the four of us. I remember when we first set up the business, or we were first thinking about setting up the business and talking to lots of different people. One of the themes which did keep cropping up was, ooh, four of you, four founders, that's a bit risky. You will never get anything done. You will fall out. You know, you'll, you'll argue. And I mean, that was sort of difficult feedback to hear because we knew each other really, really well. We'd worked for, with each other for a long time. And... We didn't feel like that was going to be a risk. But then again, we haven't been in this situation. We hadn't put ourselves out to set up a business together. 
But actually, I think that has been one of the strengths that if there's conflict, if there's just two founders and there's conflict, well, so in some go. ways, yeah, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah but... the resolution can be more problematic, I think, when we look at other businesses who've been mm. in that sort of situation. Mm. Whereas with four of us, even if there's conflict between two or three of us, there's normally somebody who can play the mediation role and can kind of step in, you know, yeah. take the edges off because any sort of harsh feelings. Not that that's really happened. No, I was but... say, it doesn't, no. But, you know, I, th- I think that's all, always been the way. And we've, we've always had an agreement that if three out of four of us are behind an idea, then that's enough. We don't need unanimity on anything. Yeah. yeah. Or not yeah. on everything, rather. Yeah. Um, but typically, we do, we do get to a place where through just sort of the process of talking about stuff that we get to a point where we're all generally yeah. pretty well aligned in most things, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It's interesting that you've been told that four was too many. And I think a lot of co-founders I come across are usually pairs and quite a lot have similar backgrounds. So that will be interesting in the other interviews, you know, because when it's two of you, exactly as you said, there is dynamic around the relationship. It's like a couple, really. It can be yeah. hard to get out of that dynamic. And when you take decision after a while, if you find it difficult to agree on things, then it almost become personal. So it does make sense to have more than two. But yeah, it's interesting that people see it as a risk. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it depends on the individual characters, clearly. And I suppose if you've got four very, very headstrong people, then that might be an utter nightmare. But I'd say we're all pretty down to earth. I mean, we have pretty strong opinions and confident in our abilities and so on. But I think ultimately we try and be reasonable and yeah, it seems generally to work. Something you told me when I did the research, which was before I did the podcast, but actually was a precursor for me to start this podcast. So we had a chat already, and I remember you said that you were going regularly for maybe weekly, you were going for lunch, the four of you. Can you talk a bit about that, how you were using that time and how important is that uh, ritual for you and all the founders? I mean, it, we probably haven't done it quite so much since lockdown, actually, than, than we did before. But it was a really, and it is a really important part of how we interact. It, it was just lunch, basically. It was a conversation. It was unstructured. It wasn't, there wasn't a gender. It was just an opportunity for us to talk, sit down over a, over a nice lunch and just talk about the stuff that's on our minds, the stuff that we think is interesting, you know, what the opportunities may be in something, just take stock of where we were and what the opportunities potentially were going forward. And it was quite cathartic as a way of just helping us all understand where we were in the business and what was going on and the things we should be really thinking about. We do have more structured, more formal ways of doing that in terms of obviously the board meetings that we have. But I think that those lunches work really well in just giving us a time where we're all able just to be really relaxed and talk about what's on our mind. And I think that's always been a good way. We obviously share that time in the studio, but actually being out of the studio and being able to talk is, I think, is a really important part of, I suppose, the relationship between the four of us. Mm. Yeah, I think we we try and run the business in a relatively informal way anyway. It's part of sort of what we were moving away from when we left sort of the big agency structure, where inevitably there has to be more, more structure and formality. It's also one of the reasons why we're only 25 or so people that we didn't want to, I mean, we grew relatively fast to, to around this size, but we didn't want to get a whole lot bigger. Mm. Uh, we didn't want to turn into what we'd left yeah. behind. We wanted yeah. to stay really close and connected to the work. And I think the 
you know, the bigger you get, the harder that inevitably is because you start to run a, a sort of a, a system rather than a group of people, creative mm. people trying to, trying to crack problems. Yeah. The bigger yeah. you become, the more structure you need, the more processes, the more management. So yeah, yeah, that, that yeah exactly. And all of that actually for us also takes us away from the work. And fundamentally, it's the work that gets us excited. It's the work that gets us up in the morning. It's the work that we really look forward to cracking. I mean, I think we're all absolutely driven by trying to create the very best work for our clients. We really enjoy that part of what we do. Uh, we never wanted to get to the point where we were so big that we were all stepping away from doing the bit that actually got us to this point in the first place. Yeah. That is really interesting because I think it's a case, isn't it? When you start small, you really concentrate on what you love doing and what we're good at. But as you grow, I've seen people getting into more management position and yeah. losing touch with the creativity, with the creative work. And it was really hard for them. In terms of understanding each other, and you said a few times that you knew each other really well before you start this business together. But I imagine that you got to know each other slightly in a different way by building a business together. I heard a stat recently which said that seven out of 10 co-founders businesses separate in the end. And I think I would say 90% of that is probably due to relationship issues and personality clashes. And it's one of the yeah. things, a lot of people go in business thinking, yeah, we know each other, we have the same vision, we're very motivated. They go in there and then they have very different ways of doing things. Yeah. So that happens a lot. And then as we talked about the ego, when you get tension, the ego takes over. So I want to be right. I want to show you. Yeah. And so it's really important to have this self-awareness first, but then understanding the other as well. If I ask you to how well you understand each other's needs, for example, and trigger under stress, would you be able to talk about that a little bit? I mean, I think we do understand each other's needs. I think one of the benefits actually of four of us, again, going back to that strength of four, because mm. we understand each other, but I think we also recognize how we can help everyone, each other in those same... So, you know, we can be the reassuring voice when we know someone's under stress, or we can offer a different perspective that we think might help sort of in a situation. I think we are very supportive of one another. We have huge respect for each other's skills. Know what we can each bring to the table. We we all have our own strengths and we all have our own weaknesses. And I think what because we know each other so well, we can counteract anyone's weakness with one of our strengths and we know where to play our strengths, if you know what I mean. So again, that balance of four has really helped us on that. Mm. I think, you know, and that sort of level of respect we have for one another yeah i think one of the things as well that's interesting is sort of your attitude to risk as a founder mm. in a business and obviously you're relatively comfortable with risk if you're setting up in the first place anyway but i think between the four of us we're probably on a little bit of a spectrum of sort of very comfortable with risk to a little bit more risk averse and probably spread out the, as i say the, the four of us across that continuum and that's quite mm. helpful as well because if we're really pushing for something or maybe try something really quite different and one of us is really pushing for that, well, that you know, one or two of the others can go, well, let's just take a step back, think about that. Is that the right thing? You know, what, what else do we need to think about to make sure that we sort of mitigate some of that risk, whether that's a piece of work or a decision we're taking mm -hmm. as a business or maybe hiring somebody or, you know, even moving studios and things like that. 
And on the other end of the spectrum as well, if somebody's being a little bit more conservative than, you know, one or two, the other others of us yeah. can kind of push a little bit more and help them go, well, look, what about this? What about that? You know, yeah. here's the opportunity. Well, let's put some more structure around this to be able to make you feel a bit more comfortable about that. And then we can, you know, go off and do what we, you know, what we've talked about. So things like that have helped. But as I say, ultimately, what sits at the heart of this is trying to kind of a lack of ego, you know, people basically trying to be reasonable with yeah. each other. And I think trying to be sort of quite down to earth, really just conversational about the way that we make decisions and get to things, I think, is... Yeah, communication. And that's the other thing I've seen in the experience I have is people think they communicate, but they don't. They actually get on with the work, get busy. And a lot of co-founders I've been talking to, they don't have an office like you do. They either work from home or... So I think having that space and obviously it's a creative space as well. That's where you create the work. That's where you get Mm. clients to come in. So this ongoing communication Mm. is really important. But talking about that then... Like when you say we understand each other really well and did you talk openly about it or is it just because you've been now working together for 13 years, I believe, that you just know, (laughs) but did you do any proper conversation or maybe get like the big companies now they use profiling tools, disk and everything to say, okay, let's get the team to understand each other better. Have you done any of that? No, I yeah. mean, we're, you can't see, but we're smiling about that. <laughs> I think part of that, I think we felt like we'd done quite a lot of that sort of stuff before we set up other yeah. big agencies. And it's looking, it could be really helpful, and particularly in big organizations where people, well, actually for all organizations, they understand the value of it. I think we just, it's never felt like it's been something that we've really needed. As I say, we... Hmm. Um, yeah, we kind of know what buttons to push to get the other to do something or to buy into what we're we're thinking and so on. And I think yeah. that just comes from spending a hell of a lot of time together, ultimately, talking about the work, sitting on planes, traveling yeah, yeah. to or trains to client meetings and things like that. And, yeah, yeah. And you just sort of learn what works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should have found something out, but it's never felt like it's been something that's been required. Mm. And I think the other thing actually is we're very serious about the work, but we're not serious about everything else. We have a laugh. We are, you know, as a foursome and as across the company, there's a, re- a really good level of just banter and we try and keep and, it pretty light and lighthearted and conversation. I think you know we, yeah, it is a serious business, but you don't have to be really serious every time you <laughs> you engage with it. I think culture is a, a hugely important part of any business. I think culture for us is a fundamental part of it. I think the culture for us is born very much from the way that the four of us have always interacted with one another. And it's trying to spread that same way of us working across the business, encouraging everyone to work together, you know, encouraging everyone to really enjoy the work, you know, really push for the best results, really be, you know, be hard on yourselves in terms of wanting to, you know, okay is not okay. It's got to be good. How can we make every piece of work we do as absolutely good as it can be? But culturally, how do we really enjoy that process and get the most out of that process mm. and the enjoyment working mm. together? Yeah, I think it's really important for everybody to to be themselves. And I know that sounds like a mm. terrible cliche, but it's true. And actually, I was chatting to one of my clients the other day about it, and they had been doing some work on a, a sort of structure about understanding different sort of personality types and so on. And saying that there's an underlying personality of what you're about and then there's a personality that you bring to work. But I think 
certainly the four of us, what you see at work is what we're like. And I feel like that from the rest of the team as well. We really try and encourage that people feel like they can be themselves. And, you know, there's not an artifice just because you're at work. You know, we're in an open plan studio. It's very informal. There's chat, you know, we have music on. It's relaxed. And, you know, we want people to feel, kind of feel at home in a sense, even though they're at work. Mm. Yeah. Um, Your office is beautiful. I love it. (laughs) It certainly (laughs) gives a good vibe. It certainly gives a good, you know, creative atmosphere. It's part of it. Yeah, it, it's it is important. It sets the tone. Yeah, it sets the tone. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really interesting because you're right. Like, there's no right or wrong, and I think those profiling tools, I love them, some of them, but I think there's a context for them. It's mm. not like we absolutely have to mm. use them all the time on everybody, and they all have to be used with a pinch of salt as well, because the idea is really not to put people in boxes. But I use them in a way to help people to understand each other better. Because I think when we have very different behavior or attitude or even reaction on the stress, it's very easy then to not understand what's happening for the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. sounds like you're managing it your own way and it's working really well. <laughs> We're coming to the end of the episode. I just wanted to ask you, if you think back now, so it's been 13 years, as we said, so a long time. But now we're talking about it. What would you do differently if you were going back to your first year in business? We might have actually done it sooner. I think as much as anything, we took about a year probably from the idea sort of being seriously talked about to actually taking the leap. I think maybe would have put a little bit more structure around some of the systems, I think. Like the the really just practical things around sort of finance and IT. So some okay. of that's sort of a little bit sooner. We got support and help on that. But if we'd have taken those a little bit further in the earlier days, it probably would have simplified things in sort of years three yeah. and four as we yeah. start to, or two and three as we start to get bigger. Yeah. But I mean, those are small things really. Yeah. yeah, We've adapted and changed a little bit as we've grown. But fundamentally, I think we're actually pretty well the same business we were in those very early days. Um, you know, it has been... A fantastic journey I don't think you know I couldn't have looked back on a happier time doing it so you know that's got to count for something yeah I do feel like we were incredibly privileged for the four of us to be in the same place yeah kind of emotionally and career-wise one way or another to to want to take the leap at the same time yeah because we knew that we worked brilliantly together but it could have been you know John and I might have you know, didn't want to take the risk and mm. wanted to carry on in sort of the bigger agency environment, for instance. So, you know, I think the fact that we were all there at the same moment, I'm really happy about that. And yeah. look back kind of without too many regrets, I think. Yeah. yeah. And what's coming out really nicely is the enjoyment. And I think it's so important. Like I was talking part of the research to a lady not that long ago and she's in business with someone else and the business is doing really, really well but they lost their spark in their relationship. That's what she was talking about. And it's easy at some mm-hmm. point to feel disconnected from the joy of what you do. And from what you're saying, you still have it. And again, your work is in a creative space. And it's so important to have that joy and to get inspired and to be able to, yeah. otherwise it kills creativity. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, there have been ups and downs along the way. <laughs> you get us wrong. Where, you are human, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course and the way you thought oh God, it feels like a slog but like generally speaking I think all of us look back and go it's the best thing we've done from mm. a career perspective yeah. and 
yeah. you know, I wouldn't have thought of it any other way, really. Yeah, and yeah. look back with a real sense of pride from where we've come to, you know, to what we've achieved as a collective group of 25 people. I think it's, you know, it's, there's a huge amount of pride there. And if you had one advice to give to other co-founders, any other co-founders, like not necessarily in the brand and creative space, what would be your advice to people partnering together? I mean, it probably goes back to that thing I mentioned before, actually, culture. Really think about the culture of the business you want from the very first day and really think about how you build that culture and how you protect it. And I think for us, actually, it's how we've adapted it as we've grown bigger. So our culture, I don't think, has changed really from day one, but we've had to obviously adapt it in terms of the way it manifests itself with the more people that have joined us. But I think don't underestimate the strength that that the importance of that to any business. Yeah. Yeah, And I think don't pretend that you're something that you're not. And I think that level of authenticity is probably what what binds us together to a degree. Certainly not perfect, but hopefully we're, you know, we're broadly speaking, we're kind of true to who we are. Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know that's also something you do help other businesses to do to get really clear. You know, when we talk about brand, we talk about the values, the company value, but in my case, I did a lot of work on personal brand, your own value, bring your own purpose on the table. And then when you grow, your brand become the culture. It turned into the culture of the company. And obviously that's something you help others do. So really important to do that for yourself as well. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 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 Well, thank you so much, both. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you both. And for anyone who listened, I highly recommend working with The Clearing and Pete and John. And I'm not saying that because you asked me to say it, but because (laughs) (laughs) it's always been a great pleasure and we always had great results when I was at Eurostar. So it's great to know a bit more about the behind the scene and how you got started and and continue to thrive together so thank you for coming to the show well thanks Pleasure, so much for yes, having us yeah absolutely. we really enjoyed the conversation and uh, yeah look and forward to hearing the rest of the series i think yeah. yes absolutely bye bye, bye. thank you bye. thank you so much for listening to this episode of the co-founders show if you're still here i dare to think that you enjoy the conversation And if you did, I would be so grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave it a positive review. You can also share it with other co-founders in your network who may learn from it. And if you have any questions or want to share your thoughts on what you've heard today, let's continue the conversation on LinkedIn, on my profile at Delphine Koal. A bientôt 